Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. Today's the 30th day of January, and I'm Jill. It's so good to be here with you this week, uh, winding down this month together, winding down a, a long chapter we've been through in the Bible together yesterday, turning the page, starting a brand new book today. And in just a couple days, we're going to start a brand new month. So we feel, we feel the endings, the necessary endings, and we welcome the new beginnings. Isn't that true of life as well? Even though the, the letting go of the old is very difficult to do. And for some people, it's even harder than others. Uh, so we recognize that. But we thank God that God is the creator and the redeemer of all things new. And so we turn that page together, individually, collectively, and in community in the stories of our lives and in the story of the word of God. We're starting the book of Exodus today. We're going to read the first three chapters, Exodus 1, 2, and 3. And this week, we're in the new English translation, Exodus chapter 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel who entered Egypt. Each man with his household entered with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. All the people who were directly descended from Jacob numbered 70. But Joseph was already in Egypt, and in time, Joseph and his brothers and all that generation died. The Israelites, however, were fruitful, increased greatly, multiplied, and became extremely strong so that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, who did not know about Joseph, came to power over Egypt. He said to his people, Look at the Israelite people, more numerous and stronger than we are. Come, let's deal wisely with them. Otherwise, they will continue to multiply, and if a war breaks out, they will ally themselves with our enemies and fight against us and leave the country. So they put foremen over the Israelites to oppress them with hard labor. As a result, they built Patom and Remesis as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more they multiplied and spread. As a result, the Egyptians loathed the Israelites, and they made the Israelites serve rigorously. They made their lives bitter by hard service with mortar and bricks and by all kinds of service in the fields. Every kind of service the Israelites were required to give was rigorous. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pua, when you assist the Hebrew women in childbirth, observe at the delivery. If it is a son, kill him. But if it is a daughter, she may live. But the midwives feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and let the boys live? 
the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for the Hebrew women are vigorous. They give birth before the midwife gets to them. So God treated the midwives well, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he made households for them. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, All sons that are born you must throw into the river, but all daughters you may let live. A man from the household of Levi married a woman who was a descendant of Levi. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a healthy child, she hid him for three months. But when she was no longer able to hide him, she took a papyrus basket for him and sealed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and set it among the reeds along the edge of the Nile. His sister stationed herself at a distance to find out what would happen to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself by the Nile, while her attendants were walking alongside the river, and she saw the basket among the reeds. She sent one of her attendants, took it, opened it, and saw the child, a boy, crying. And she felt compassion for him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get a nursing woman for you from the Hebrews so that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes, do so. So the young girl went and got the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, Because I drew him from the water. In those days, when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and observed their hard labor, and he saw an Egyptian man attacking a Hebrew man, one of his own people. He looked this way and that and saw that no one was there, and then he attacked the Egyptian and concealed the body in the sand. When he went out the next day, there were two Hebrew men fighting. So he said to the one who was in the wrong, Why are you attacking your fellow Hebrew? The man replied, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Are you planning to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid, thinking, Surely what I did has become known. When Pharaoh heard about this event, he sought to kill Moses. So Moses fled from Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian, and he settled by a certain well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and began to draw water and fill the troughs in order to water their father's flock. When some shepherds came and drove them away, Moses came up and defended them, and then watered their flock. So when they came home to their father, Ruel, he asked, Why have you come home so early today? They said, An Egyptian man rescued us from the shepherds, and he actually drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, So where is he? Why in the world did you leave the man? Call him so that he may eat a meal with us. Moses agreed to stay with the man, and he gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. When she bore a son, Moses named him Gershom, for he said, I have become a resident foreigner in a foreign land. During that long period of time, the king of Egypt died, and the Israelites groaned because of the slave labor. 
They cried out, and their desperate cry because of their slave labor went up to God. God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the Israelites, and God understood. Now Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to the mountain of God, to Horeb. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from within a bush. He looked, and the bush was ablaze with fire, but it was not being consumed. So Moses thought, I will turn aside to see this amazing sight. Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from within the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. God said, Do not approach any closer. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. He added, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I have come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a land that is both good and spacious, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the region of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now indeed the cry of the Israelites has come to me, and I have also seen how severely the Egyptians oppressed them. So now go, and I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, or that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He replied, Surely I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that I have sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you and they will serve God at this mountain. Moses said to God, If I go to the Israelites and tell them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What should I say to them? God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, You must say this to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, You must say this to the Israelites. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial from generation to generation. Go and bring together the elders of Israel and tell them, The Lord, the God of your fathers appeared to me, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I have attended carefully to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt, and I have promised that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites to a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders will listen to you, and then you and the elders of Israel must go to the king of Egypt and tell them, 
the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So now let us go three days' journey into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go, not even under force. So I will extend my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders that I will do among them, and after that he will release you. I will grant this people favor with the Egyptians, so that when you depart you will not leave empty-handed. Every woman will ask her neighbor and the one who happens to be staying in her house for items of silver and gold and for clothing. You will put these articles on your sons and daughters. Thus, you will plunder Egypt. Okay, so a little orientation because I keep reiterating, but it's for just cause. Uh, a lot is happening in a day's reading. And if we don't really keep up with the story, uh, we can get lost real quick. And then it can just be really difficult to grasp hold of something when it feels like the current is just sweeping us away with information, details, and we're not sure what's going on. So yesterday, we said goodbye to Jacob and his son, Joseph. And before his departure, he spoke a blessing of some sort over his 12 sons. These will be the 12 tribes of Israel. So that chapter closes Jacob and Joseph, and then we have the other 11 sons in the land of Egypt. We have a Pharaoh that does not believe or worship the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we have the 11 sons, we have the Israelite people, and they are becoming a mighty people of numbers living in Egypt. And as you could well imagine or figure out if you sat and thought about it for a minute, a great number that is increasing in a foreign land is a threat to the people in the foreign land who are fearful that this mighty tribe of Israelites will someday take over Egypt. So I'm telling this for understanding and not strategy uh, in case anybody rules over a group of people. The best way to prevent a group of people overtaking another group of people is to oppress the people. And so this is what Pharaoh does to the Israelite people. And so he puts a decree out to the midwives to kill the firstborn sons of every family. But we have a couple midwives who lived in the fear of the Lord and not in the fear of Pharaoh. And so we have the introduction of a mighty little man named Moses in today's story. And again, it moves fast because we go from the introduction of Jacob's sons entering Egypt, the birth of Moses, uh, Moses growing up, killing a man, needing to leave Egypt, 
and fleeing. And then after a period of time, God calling Moses to go back. And then we hear one of the most relatable questions in this story and maybe even in the Old Testament that Moses asks God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh or that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Maybe just sit with that for a second. And I realize that we're not all considering a question uh, that we are leading something monumental. But perhaps the relatability factor is the diminishment that we automatically speak against ourselves when God asks us to do anything. Who am I? I can't. Let me tell you about this flaw that I have. I'm too old. Do you know how old I am? You know my past. You can't use someone like me, right? I mean, don't we try to talk God out of uh, what he undoubtedly wants us to do specifically? Like, goes directly to us out of all the people in the world. There's this funny story that I've heard a friend of ours tell about he and Brian when they were together at a men's conference. And uh, this man was just enamored by Brian's yes to reading the Bible after coming out of the music business. And he's just really going on. Of course, he was from New York. So he's really going on about, I cannot wait to get to heaven. I can't wait to see the crown that God gives you and the things that he says to you and how proud he is of you for the work that you've done. And and Brian and his Brianness just shakes his head and very softly says, you know, I'm not so sure that when I get to heaven, God will shake his finger at me and say, you know, you weren't my first choice for this job. (laughs) Everyone else said no. And as endearing and sweet and funny as that is, I don't believe it for a second, personally. I believe that God knew exactly who he wanted and the trajectory of his life and the way that it should go by reading the Bible. I believe that God knew exactly the plan for Moses to lead a people out of slavery and into a land promised many generations back. And I believe that there is something that God needs you specifically to do that nobody else in the world can do. Now, again, it may not be a platform of hundreds of thousands of people. It may not, it may not be the thing that you dream for, hoped for, prayed for, put everything you have into to accomplish that thing. Because for Brian and I both, it was music. But it's the thing that God said, I set you apart to do this. Nobody else in the world can do this thing. And the beautiful thing about that thing is that God promises to be with us. And we can try as hard as we want to talk him out of it. 
to try to remind him of our past, to try to tell him who we are, to diminish our own selves. And the only thing God will do is call us into our identity by telling us who he is. So Moses asks God, if I go to the Israelites and tell them the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What should I say to them? And God answers Moses, I am that I am. We have talked about the names that we have heard God named on behalf of people through worshiping him. El Roy, the God that sees, everlasting God. And in this, and in this instance, God tells Moses who he is. He speaks for himself. And I love that who he says he is, is I am that I am. We cannot comprehend this name. I am not I was, not I'm going to. I am that I am. I feel the reverence in that name. I feel the power in that name. And I, and I feel the fear. N not the fear in the sense of being afraid. I fear in the sense of revere. I reverence the God who says I am that I am. And listen, uh, we can get real haughty sometimes and think that we are the stuff. But when I am that I am asks me to step into this thing that he has set aside for me, the only question that seems fitting to ask is, when do we get started? No more diminishing ourselves. No more reminding God of our past when he has our future in the palm of his hands. No more time wasted by arguing. No more thoughts and feelings of defeat. And I know so many of us, so many of us have been like, I've been willing. I have been waiting for this moment for God to send me somewhere for years, I'm still waiting and I have no clue what that is. I've got no answers, but I hear the question and I'm with you and I'm sitting in that question with you and I'll wait and hold your hand and cry with you and laugh with you and pray with you until God speaks. That makes it clear. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for these hard questions that we have to take a deep, long look at in our own lives. They may seem insignificant at the time, but when we peel back the layers, we, we then begin to see the magnitude of what we have spoken over our own lives where we have pushed the stop sign in our own lives and not even been cognizant of our actions, our words, 
And so many of us are stuck and we stay stuck right there. And we thank you for these words that jolt us and wake us to our own story and the place that we play in our own story because there cannot be a partnership with one person. We can't be in relationship with you and only speak to you and only speak for you. We have to make room for you to speak to us in our own lives. And so we thank you for this moment right here, for you to speak, convict our hearts that propels us forward into repentance and repentance into change, that we would do things in a different way. We would walk in a different direction than where we've been walking. And I thank you that you go with us. You go before us, you go beside us, and you're right there behind us in case we fall. We love you. We thank you. We worship you. The great I am. Pray this now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Daily audio Bible that's home base. Take a look around. If you have not, check out the app. If you have not, if you'd like to partner with us, we thank you so much for your partnership. We could not do this without you. If you're giving by mail, DAB PO Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee 37174. Or you can hit the give icon. It's up at the top right hand corner of that mobile device. And lastly, uh, look for the Give icon on the website. If you need prayer, if you'd like to pray for someone that's previously called in, you can do so several different ways. 800-583-2164 or utilizing your mobile device. Again, hit the red circle button up at the top right-hand corner. You have two minutes on the prayer line. Really important step. Hit submit. You've got to turn the wheel over to chronological or it will not go to the right channel. So make sure that if you're wanting it to go to chronological, you do that final little step and send it on over. That's going to do it for me today. I'm Jill. We'll turn the page together tomorrow. And I look forward to it. Until then, love one another. Good morning, DAB family and DABC family. This is Simone calling in from Texas and I just wanted to share something with you guys. Um, we are two weeks into the new year and the enemy definitely tried it. I have a 21 year old daughter that attends college out of state and she had been sick for a little over a week and so she went into the doctor and she told them she wasn't feeling well. They gave her some antibiotics. They sent her away. She went back. She called and said, Mom, I don't feel well. She didn't tell me the extent of it because she's one of those kids. She doesn't like to complain. So she went back to the doctor again. And they were closing. They said, oh, we're leaving. Come back tomorrow. But the doctor saw her long enough to give her a different antibiotic. A different doctor. Same place, different doctor. She said she left and she was so weak. She had a friend driving her and she heard a little voice in her head say, go to the emergency room right now. 
she did and it's, right after the ER doctor saw her he, they admitted her immediately because she was um, septic her body had gone into septic, septic shock and she has been in the hospital for um, five and a half days now but she is doing well and going to be released soon I always taught my children a prayer that I was taught at four years old. God gave me wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and that's Bible I learned later. But I added a triple portion of discernment. I thank God so much that I raised children that have discerning spirits. And whether they know it or not, they can hear the voice of God. And she listened to that voice because that voice saved her life. Hello DABC family, this is Diana from Florida and I just want to say thank God, thank God, thank God grace was found. Oh my goodness, I am in tears, I am in tears. Y'all know I'm a weeping girl, I pray and I truly feel. Oh my goodness, I feel all the feels for everybody when I pray for them. But dear Jesus, this miracle, who can tell us that our God does not exist? Tell me. Somebody tell me that our God does not answer because he does. He answers us. He answers us. We cried out to him and he answered and he answered. It's a promise in Jeremiah 33. And if we cry out to him, he will answer and he will show us great mysteries and secrets that we do not know. And Father God, I just thank you right now. I thank you right now and I'm sure that our brothers and sisters in this community are rejoicing with me because this young girl has been found and she is safe. And so thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You heard the cries and the prayers. She was missing for so many weeks and we are just so grateful, dear Jesus, that she was located. We are so grateful that she is home and that you can now help this family rebuild and be able to work through whatever trauma and issues have come of this thank you god though we thank you in jesus name hello my dabc family praise god yes god answers prayer oh sing and hallelujah for answered prayer that i just heard the um, call about that grace was found, uh, the young gal who was missing, and we're all praying for her. And even after hearing multiple prayers, crying out to the Lord for a miracle that grace would be found, the very last prayer of the day, I hear the woman, please forgive me, I don't recall your name, that you called in to say, Thank you for prayers that grace was found and that she's fine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We rejoice in you. Yes, we exalt you, oh God. We love to sing praises to our God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you for the miracle. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I just want to rejoice in you. Oh, yes, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus, rejoicing in you. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go and talk to you soon. Good morning, DABC. This is Jen from Tennessee. I wanted to call and say Happy New Year to all of you. And thank you to Jill and China for leading this podcast and for your faithfulness to this ministry. It has been a huge blessing to me over the last three years. And now I'm starting my fourth year with the DABC. And it's just so cool to see how the community has grown over these years. Um, and um, the the family feel of it, I just feel, has grown as I have gotten to know your voices and as the community has grown. Um, it's just been wonderful. It's been a wonderful testimony of the body of Christ and how we can work together and support each other. So I wanted to give a quick praise. I called a year ago and then about six months ago um, to give an update on my son, Josiah, um, who was struggling with a lot of gastrointestinal pain and um, had been in the hospital and just a lot of things. Um, and a year later, I'm just really happy to say that he's continuing to thrive and do well. He's back at sports and living his life, and he's 13 now, and just doing tremendously. So I just wanted to, to share that with you all. Um, it's wonderful to hear praise reports. And so I wanted to encourage you with that. Um, so thank you for your prayers. And along those lines, um, I wanted to ask for prayer for a dear family of our friend, friend of ours. Um, their son Talon is currently in the hospital and has been there since Monday. It's Friday morning now. Um, doctors are totally befuddled as to what's going on with him. And so I'm just asking for prayer and wisdom and strength for his family. Um, he's dealing with extreme pain in his abdomen and in his head. And like I said, doctors are not sure what's going on with him. So please pray for him, for wisdom, for the doctors. And I hope that by the time this airs that he will be well. But if not, please pray. <laughs> 